you know, Matthew left a, a lucrative position to follow Jesus. You know, I mean, he had position, he had status, he had money, he had everything kind of really going for him with respect to that, and he threw it all away in a moment, in an instant of time, to follow Jesus, right? To shoot, to 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 pursue his uh, this call of Jesus Christ to follow him. You know, and all of us have to make that decision as disciples of Jesus. All of us are faced with that. We can't get around it. You know what I mean? It's, it's not easy to follow Jesus. And there's a cost and there's a price to be paid to, to pursue him, to, to really be a follower, a Christ lover, if you will, right? A lover of Jesus. Right? A lot of people, we name Jesus, right? But are we really following him? Are we really pursuing him? Is he the center and the focus of our, of our life? That is the question. Right? And so I want to talk to you today about the, the cost of, of being a disciple of Jesus and taking on the master's vision, the master's purpose. I was listening to a podcast. Lynn actually sent me this podcast, and um, I was listening to it, and the guy made a statement that I really kind of struck with me. You know, we, we've all, let's just, you know, the last few years, and we've said this before, but it's a reality, has been, there's been a lot of pressure, a lot of, of um you know, all kinds of pressure, health pressure, you know, division, right? There's division, there's, you know, all kinds of pressures that are happening with the pandemic and, the, and, and, and political stress and, and political pressures and all these things that ha- have been weighing on us. And there's been definitely a cultural shift, right? A cultural shift that's happening all around us. And what if... And I, and I don't think this is far stated, that the easiest it's going to be from here moving forward in terms of following Jesus is right now. This is the easiest it is to pursue him and to follow and to chase after Jesus because it's only going to get harder and it's only going to get more difficult and there's only going to be more challenges facing all of us in this room when it comes to following Jesus. So how do we endure? How do we stand? How do we, amidst those pressures, how do we successfully walk out our love for Jesus, our passion for him in the midst of these pressures and these that are, are raging against us? And so that's really what I want to talk about today. I want to, ultimately what I want to do today is I want to, want to pinpoint some of these pressures. All right? I was um, driving in my car yesterday and we turned on the GPS because we were trying to get from Coleraine to Bridgewater. And I, it's like in my brain, I couldn't figure out what's the best way to go, right? So we turn on the GPS, and this lady turned left right here. You know what I mean? Like there's some kind of accent or something. Turn right right here, you know? And so we get up to this corner, and I'm in the left lane. She said, you know, she says, take a left on Route 4. And I'm like, okay. So I get into the left lane, and I'm, I'm sitting there, and I'm right at the light, and the, and the light's red, and all of a sudden she goes, make a left on Route 4. And I start to go. <laughs> like, I, I literally start to go, and the light's red. And my wife goes, John, what are you doing? And I stopped on the brake, and I was like, you know, I was just kind of caught up in the moment, and I'm just listening to what she's telling me to do. You know what I mean? I'm just like going with the flow. You know what I mean? And that's a lot of us. We've, we, a lot of us have been experiencing that. It's like, you know, we're in this flow. 
We're, we're, we're going in this direction. We're listening to these voices around us, and we think it's okay. We just think this is normal. This is where it's going to take us to our destination, right? But really, we're about to violate a stop sign. You know what, <laughs> you know what I mean? For many of us, it's like, you know, we're, this is not going to be good. And we need somebody to shake us a little bit and say, stop. We need Kim next to us, right? Holy Spirit to say, stop. What are you doing? How are you thinking? Right? Because the world wants to shape us. The world wants to conform us into its image. But the Holy Spirit wants to transform us into the image of Jesus Christ. That's what discipleship is all about. And we got to get used to different. we got to get used to swimming upstream. And looking different and being different. And we have to get comfortable with different. I love that statement. Get used to different. Because all of us are called to be different than what the world's image of what a person should be and what they should look like. We're called to be different. We're called to be formed into the image of Jesus. Matthew 16 describes this difficulty or this call and the cost to follow Jesus. Jesus said this, If anyone would come after me, let him deny himself. And and in your uh, study this week, we talked about each aspect of this, right? Denying ourselves, laying down our selfish motives, our selfish ambitions. Right? This is a key part of discipleship. Think about the rich young ruler. If anyone knows the Bible story about the rich young ruler, right? Jesus loved the rich young ruler. Everyone, we missed that statement. Parker pointed that out to me the other day, and I was just like, wow, it's right there. He loved the rich young ruler, and he actually called him. He called him to be an apostle, to be named among the apostles. He would have been the 13th apostle. He said, come and follow me. Sell everything you've had. Give it to the poor. And he chose riches over Jesus, right? It's an easy decision to make. Before we criticize, right? That's an easy decision to make. Jesus says, if you want to follow me, you must deny yourself. Take up your cross, right? Take up your cross. Joel's my buddy. Take up your cross and follow me. For whoever would save his life will lose it. But whoever loses his life for my sake will find it. And then he asks this very important question. For what will it profit a a man if he gains the whole world and forfeits his soul? He's describing this tension, right, of of the world pressures on our life to gain the whole world, to gain success, to gain fame, to gain fortune, to gain things, right? He's describing this tension that we have with the world system. 1 John, uh, the Apostle John describes it this way in 1 John 2.15. Do not love the world or the things in the world. Listen, do not love the world or the things in the world. If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. That's strong. I mean, that's, that's like, that's not a watered-down gospel. That's not like, oh, just pray this prayer and it's all going to be good. <laughs> You hear what I'm saying? That's no watered-down gospel. If you love in our, in our low, if your whole focus, if your whole life attention is focused on the world and the things of this world, 
then, you're, then the love of the Father is not in you. You don't understand the awesomeness of the love of God. James 4, just, just to turn up the heat a little bit higher, let's read James 4. You adulterous people, whew, do you not know that friendship with the world is enmity with God? Therefore, whoever wishes to be a friend of the world makes himself an enemy of God. Whoa. Ah. Oh. Ah, oh, that just cuts right there, right? I mean, that's just like, ah. Anybody, anybody that's trying to be a friend of this world, this world system, this world of way of thinking, this world way of being, this world way of living and approaching life, if we're trying to be a friend of that, then we're actually an enemy of God. Basically, the idea is that the world system and the world way of thinking, of being, and of living, and of acting is, is opposite of who Jesus is. To even bring even a little bit more depth to this, Ephesians, Paul writes in Ephesians 2.2, 2, talking to the Ephesians, he says, in which you once walked, he said, when, before you got saved, you followed Following the course of this world, right? Living, acting, being. Following, and he goes on to say that the following of the course of this world is, is equivalent to following the prince and the power of the air, right? The prince and the power of darkness. The spirit that is now at work in the sons of disobedience. So the world system is under the influence of what? Of who? Of, of Satan, of the evil one. Jesus came to destroy the works of the devil, right? This world system, this world way of thinking, this world way of acting is, is, is in exact opposition to who Jesus is. It's in opposition, and it's partnering, and it's all, uh, everyone who is not following Jesus and walking after him is under the influence of who? Thank you, of the devil. Now, I don't say that. We, I don't say that to condemn the world, okay? Please, I'm going to use Parker saying, don't hear what I'm not saying. For God so loved the world. Every person in this world. If it, when we hear this, right, our hearts should be moved to intercession. Our hearts should be moved with compassion towards people because we know that they're under the influence of the evil one and they're, and they're thinking and they're acting. And they're living. James says, don't try to be a friend of this world system. John says, don't love the things of this world. Paul in Romans chapter 12, do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Do not be conformed. It's the idea of, of like clay, right? being under in, in the hands and, and allowing the world system to mold us and to shape us into its image in character, in action, in thinking. I guarantee today I'm going to offend every person in this room. I'm going to say, stop. I'm going to be like Kim. I'm going to say, stop. What are you doing? What are you following that voice for? That's not the voice of Jesus. That's not the voice of the Holy Spirit. 
Listen, the, the world is having impact on all of us. Let's just acknowledge that, including me. I've been spending this week going, what do I, how am I conforming to this world? How am I trying to be a friend of this world? Lord, Holy Spirit, come. Get this out of my heart. Get this out of my mind. Get this out of my thinking. We live into this pressure. We, we live in pr- a, a place, and I think the pressure's only going to get hotter and hotter and hotter to be a follower of Jesus Christ. I'm just giving you the reality, I, I think, of the this, of this situation. It's the proverbial frog in the hot water. Is exactly what it is, and the heat's getting turned up, and we're just there, and it's just getting turned up more and more and more, and it's, it's detrimental. And we have to break out of it and take on a new, right? Get into a new environment and a new situation where we can live and thrive and follow Jesus. We need to be different than what we're seeing in this world. You know, there's a number of examples, and I'm just going to give you a few. Peter caved to cultural pressures, right? He sat underneath Jesus for how long? For three years. So this is not a teaching issue. You can't teach your way out or teach your way into walking countercultural. It ain't going to happen. I'm going to talk about this more later. But, G- but Peter sat with Jesus for three years, and when push came to sub and there was a cultural shift, what happened? Denies him, runs like like curses him, like you know what I mean, like says curse words about who Jesus is in front of his face. That was without the Holy Spirit. Even with the Holy Spirit, he caves to cultural pressures in Galatia. He's in Galatia, and all these religious people are giving up, are putting pressure on him. Jewish, this religious pressure is being put on Jesus to to conform to the Jewish way of law and all that kind of stuff. And Paul has to call him out. I don't know about you. I need people in my life that are going to call me out. I want to hang around people that are going to call me out when I start thinking stupid. You know what what we do? They don't know what they're talking about. All we do is want to hang out with people that align with the way we think, with the way we act, with the way we do life. Demas is a great example, 2 Timothy 4.10. For Demas, in love with this present world, this is Paul writing about Demas. I, this is not the person I want to be. But I just, I'm pointing this out because it's so easy. And we just act like, you know what I mean? This can happen to all of us. And the world system can, these pressures can cause us to cave from our love and our passion for Jesus. But Demas, it says, in love with this present world has deserted me and gone to Thessalonica. Paul warns us and says, do not be conformed. Do not be pressed and formed into the shape of this world system. But be transformed by the renewing of your mind. So what are some of these world pressures? I just want to talk about this. I I can't go into all of them. Um, We don't have enough time. But I think I'm just going to name out like this whole idea of self, right? You deserve a break today. I mean, just think of all the subliminal 
things we get in commercials. You can't turn on a television. We all watch TV, and I'm not, there's nothing wrong with that. I'm just saying that there's so many pressures, there's so many subliminal thought processes that are put on us about, like, hey, you deserve this. You're entitled to this, right? This whole idea of entitlement, and, and these are things that you deserve. You deserve a break today. I mean, I just said that, but, you know, just there's, there's countless things about living for self. Loving money, right? Money is, the, is, is everything. We just, if we just had enough money, if we just had enough things or enough stuff or enough fame or enough power, right? Those are the obvious things that jump out at us. But I want to talk about some things that are a little bit more subtle than those, right? A little bit more subtle than that. The first one I want to talk about is this pressure to criticize and to accuse. I mean, that's huge right now. I mean, I, I, you, if you just could like go to 13,000 feet and look at the world system, I mean, the enemy's scheme, Satan's scheme right now is to divide and conquer. That's what it's all about. Divide and conquer. If I can just get them to hate and scream and yell at each other and criticize and bicker, right, then man, their power is useless, and I can just rule and reign and do whatever I want. But there's this, this spirit, this, this critical spirit, and it's all in the name of truth, and it's all in the name of what's right. I'm right. I'm right. You know, I saw it. I mean, we see it every day on Facebook. Come on. I saw it the other day where they were criticizing some of the songs, the worship songs, because they were coming out of Bethel. Right, and, and that, and that, you know, and they're coming out of uh, elevation worship, and they have all these, you know, theologies that are messed up and screwed up, and it's like it's we want to ticky tack and point the finger and criticize. Let me just tell you, that's not the heart and the spirit of Jesus Christ. You know what Paul said about those who are preaching the gospel for the wrong reasons? He said, "Thank you. I'm, I just praise God that the gospel is being preached." That's the heart of Jesus, right? And we think, we, you know, like, okay, you're not wearing, I'm going to go here, okay? You're not wearing a mask, right? So, therefore, you don't love me. Right? We're, we're, we're assuming motivation by whether we wear a mask or not wear a mask. Whether we get vaccinated or we don't get vaccinated. There, there's, there's this critical, judgmental spirit inside of us. And, and I'm right, and if you don't agree with me, you're wrong. And I'm going to just tell you, that's the world's way of approaching life. That's not following Jesus. It's not following Jesus. We have to throw aside these things and these thought processes of the world. There's a pressure that I see to become cynical right now. I don't know. I mean, unless the reality is, is a lot of this that we're talking about, these pressures that we're experiencing is in the news. I mean, the news media is, is, has, I mean, it's pushing on us, right? And it's, and it's creating pressure. One of the things that I see being portrayed in it is creating a cynicism concerning the church of Jesus Christ. And who we are, right? I mean, there's this picture that is being painted, right? And it's causing people to be cynical of the church of Jesus Christ. That we're intolerant, 
We're haters. We're violent. We're insensitive. We're controlling. We lack love towards anyone who thinks differently than we are, than we do. Right? I mean, that's the image that's being portrayed of who we are. And let me just say, it's only going to get worse because why? Because this world system is under the control and the influence of who? Of the devil. Uh oh. There, this is going to flip. Okay, I'm just going to tell you, like in a few minutes, give me three, four more minutes, and then it's going to flip, and it's, everyone's going to get excited. All right? But we have to. Uh, I, I, well, I just want to challenge you. I want to challenge us, right, to evaluate how these, these things are being influenced inside of us. Because we, are, we, the, we should be molded and fashioned into love. That's the, I mean, if I could just say it, to be conformed into the image of Jesus is to be conformed into, the, into what love looks like. Real, authentic love. We're made, our, our, new cre- our creation, we are new creations. We are made to love and to be love and to be expressions of love to every person that we encounter and meet. But if we're critical, right, and we're judgmental and we're cynical of people around us and of the church, right, people are walking away from the church of Jesus Christ because we don't just align up and do everything just right. I'm not saying that we're perfect, but I know this, that the church of Jesus Christ is on a move, right? The the authentic lovers of Jesus, let me just say it that way, because I know there's religion, I get that, we all know that, we've all experienced that, But but there's a move of the authentic lovers of Jesus, and we're focusing our, our perspective on him, and we're moving out, and we're stepping out, and listen, the news media ain't gonna cover it. But it's happening, there's healings and there's power and there's love being expressed and there's transformation that's taking place all over this globe by the power of the Holy Spirit. And we're called to get lined up with that and to throw off these thought processes of the world. Which brings me to the last one that I just want to point. This pressure to become hopeless. There's a pressure. This world wants to pressure us into hopelessness. To lose hope, it kind of goes along with that. We become cynical of this life, and we just like, hey, just take me out of here. Just take me out of here. Just get me out. I'm ready to go home. I'm ready for heaven. Some of that is rooted in the grounded in the fact that we don't believe that we, in, with the power of the Holy Spirit inside of us, are the answer to what is taking place all around us. We feel like we have no authority. We, have, we feel like we have no influence. And so we become hopeless. And what needs to change is right here. I mean, we should be waking up every day knowing and believing, this is the greatest day of my life. I'm a world changer. I'm going to love somebody with all that I am today. I've been convicted. One of my convictions of, of the world way of doing things, and I'm just going to confess this, and today is going to be a time of repenting and turning our hearts back to him. But my confession, one of the things I see in Jesus is every time he met somebody, he was so excited. This is my, this is my son. This is my daughter, right? Do we get excited like that? Like, do I get excited when I'm in, when I'm in people's presence? This is a, you know what I mean? We get excited about so many, we get excited about this beautiful sunrise. There's someone more beautiful than a sunrise standing right here in front of me. 
The world doesn't want us to value people. The world wants us to devalue people, that we're just a bunch of blobs that evolved from a little cell. But there's this pressure to become hopeless, right? To lose our hope. The church should be the most hope. We as believers, as lovers of Jesus Christ, as followers of Christ, we should waken with hope every day. And if we're not, then we're not lining up. And we have, we have, a, we have something going on right here that needs to change. The enemy is the one. He's the father of hopelessness. Jesus is the father of hope. He's the father of a life. We have the victory in him. We're called to be the light, right? Arise, shine, for your light has come. It's a beautiful scripture. I, 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 mean, I wish I, I'm, I'll preach on that. I, there's, there, that is so pregnant with life. It is so pregnant. Go, read, go check out the Hebrew words of that. Arise, shine. We're called to be the light of the world, to display the splendor and the glory of God. And the beginning of that is hope. The beginning of that and the expression of that is what is joy. Do, are we living in abundant joy? I come so that your joy can be full. Your joy every day is our joy full. Are we living in that abundant joy every moment of every day? If not, the robber is coming to rob and to steal and to kill our lives. And Jesus came to give us life. We've let that world, uh, that perspective of hopelessness, get inside of us. And today's a day for that to be transformed. There's a number of other pressures that we're experiencing that we're under. Right? And I would challenge us is that we need to begin to think like Jesus. We need to think like Jesus. So, how do we resist from being conformed to this world? How do we resist this? How do we stand? How do we, how do we knife through? I, I was, when I was thinking about this message, I was thinking about the salmon swimming upstream with all the pressures, right? And sometimes if you've seen the videos, some of them they get weak and they, and, they, and they start rolling, right? They get turned sideways, right? And then the pressures just begin to push them back and they're weak, right? How do we not let that happen? Right? How do we keep our narrow focus? How do we go right and cut right through that, those pressures? And they have, they, it's like they're not even there, right? We just cut right through it to fulfill our purpose and our destiny in him. First of all, and I'm just going to go through this. I, each one of these is probably a message, but I just want to throw these out at you. And, and this is one I want to emphasize. Listen, this is what I want to emphasize. Because right? there is a, a, I see this. I, we see it in our friends. We see it in the people around us. We see it as a result of COVID. And the reality is, is that we are believing the lie that we do not need the person next to you to walk fully in Jesus Christ. I can stay in my room. I can turn on the internet. I can listen to great teaching. I can even watch a little bit worship, and that's good enough for me, and I can just follow Jesus by myself. That's a lie from the pit of hell. 
And, you, and everybody, I bet you, you could come out with at least one person and you see that being played out in their life. Listen, there has to be a healthy distrust. I don't trust myself in my own strength to be able to endure and to walk fully in who God's called me to be just in and of by myself. I need you. You need us. Everyone needs each other. That's why we gather together. That's why the Bible says, don't forsake the gathering together of the saints. If we're going to resist conformity to the world, it begins with intimate relationships with Christ lovers. This is exactly what the apostles did, right? They gathered together. They kept gathering together. They kept coming together. And it was in that place that they they build strength. It was in relationship and in community that they build strength. Our strength flows out from each other. Does everyone see that? That's really important. And I'm preaching that to you guys. But we have friends, and we should be praying for them that are are living by this ideal that I don't need you to live out my walk and my faith in Jesus Christ. And they're missing the mark. Secondly, if we're going to resist, we need to repent. In Acts, I believe it is in chapter 4, don't quote me, it says, repent so that times of refreshing So times of refreshing can come. Times of refreshing. Times of refreshing, infilling can come through repentance. Repentance, we think, oh, that's I did that already. Repentance is a daily, right? Repentance is metanoia. I mean, if anything, repentance is not, I'm sorry. It's I'm changing the way I think. That's what metanoia means. I'm changing the way I live. I'm changing my direction. So we need to build, have intimate relationship with Christ's lovers. We need to repent, right? And we're going to have time to do that. I would just encourage us. Let's just repent. And I'm not saying, like, make up things. Like, I'm talking about authenticity. I'm talking about being authentic with Jesus and saying, Lord, get this out of my, get this stinking thinking out of me. The third one, and this is critical because without the Holy Spirit, we are nothing. Everybody hear me? Right? The only way. We see the apostles before Holy Spirit, and they're locked in a room, and they're scared, and they're afraid to die. We see them after Holy Spirit, and they all stand for Jesus. They stand strong for him, and they go valiantly to their death for his name's sake. And they're going across countries, and they're, they're being persecuted, and whatever it is. Why? Because they have the Holy Spirit. They were focused. Why? Because Holy Spirit was living and moving inside of them. We need a move of Holy Spirit. We need a fresh move of Holy Spirit. I need a fresh move of Holy Spirit in my life. And if, you know, I mean, holy, you know, some of you might be even thinking, well, he doesn't want to move like that again in my life. Ha, 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 ha. Remember how we did that the other day? Let's just laugh at that lie. Holy Spirit doesn't want to move in my life. Ha, 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 ha. Come on, you guys got to laugh with me. Holy Spirit doesn't want to move in my life. Ha, 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 ha. That's a bunch of BS. Holy Spirit wants to move. Holy Spirit wants to fill me. Holy Spirit longs to, to fill me with his presence. Paul's commanded us to constantly be filled with Holy Spirit. The fourth thing is, is that, and again, each one of these I said we could go into, but we need a revelation of identity. 
the, the thing that transformed me the most in my walk has been realizing that I'm a son of the Most High God, that you're a daughter of the Most High God, and that he is passionately in love with you, that he loves to be with you, that he loves to, to listen with you, he loves to sit with you, he loves to hear your prayers, he loves to hear what's going on in, inside of you. He loves us. He desperately loves all of us. And our identity is found in him. And if we're going to walk against, if we're going to walk countercultural, we have to be confident. We can't be, we can't waver on who we are. I am a believer in Jesus Christ before I am anything else. I'm a son of the Most High God before I am anything else. And when we, get that, when we get that settled in who we are, then we will stand up and say, yes, I believe. And we'll be able to walk countercultural to what the world is throwing at us. Finally, we need to center, right? We need to center. Remember the, the salmon. He's not centered upstream, right? He's kind of going sideways in the, in the, in the uh, rivers, is rushing over him and putting pressure on him, and he can't swim. But when he centers himself, when he centers him on his, on his direction and his point, and then he goes, swims right straight at it, right? Now, he's centered, right? His life is centered on Jesus and his mission. We have to center our life on Jesus and his mission. That's something that we have to intentionally do. It's something that you have to do every day. It's something that we have to do every day. We did an interesting thing in, I don't know if, did everyone do day six of our, remember day six? The journal question was, I wrote this, <laughs> so it's coming from me, but um, the, the thing that I felt like Holy Spirit wanted us to do was, if Jesus came into my workspace, what would he do? And I started thinking about that. If Jesus came into my workspace, what would he do? He'd get excited Every time he met a person, I know that. Because he would love them. He's like, oh, this is a person. I made this person. I know this about them. I love this. He'd spend time with them. He'd be like Zacchaeus. Hey, Zacchaeus, come down. Let's go to, go to lunch together. I think he'd go over to that person over here maybe and say, hey, let's go to lunch. Let's get lunch. Let's hang out. He'd probably be praying for him. He'd probably be having words of knowledge. Hey, is this going on in your life? Right? I mean, he was, did that everywhere he went. Well, he would be doing it in my workspace too, right? I know he wouldn't be in a hurry. And I know he would really love people. And he would value every person. And he would long to have relationship with every person. Because that's who Jesus is. We have to align, right, and center ourselves on who Jesus is and his mission. Amen. Let's let's have the worship team come on up and thank you, Lord. Five things to resist the, being conformed to this world: intimate relationship with Christ's lovers it must start there. We need to repent of anything where we find things in our lives that are conforming to the world's way of seeing and viewing things. You know, this isn't a guilt show. It's not a Repentance is not about guilt. It's just recognizing that's not who you made me to be, Jesus. That's really what it is. You made me to be a lover, 
and I, and you know what I mean? When I yell at my kids or I do something like that, I just, it's like, wait a minute, that's not my character. That's not my nature. I've been born again. I'm called to love and to represent Jesus everywhere I go. We need to be filled. Let's, we're going to have time. Let's be filled with the Holy Spirit, a revelation of who we are and centering our life on who Jesus is. Let's stand up and let's worship.